comp of shark movies in which <laughs> the director is basically Hitler uh, and the <laughs> sharks are a persecuted minority uh, and that's unfortunate because it's a really good movie but Mein Kampf is a really bad book yeah with that good evening ghouls I'm Becca I'm Robert I'm Alec and we three are the Undead Poet Society, the podcast where we consume art and spit it back out into new art. This week, we are talking about Jaws by um, Steven Spielberg, and we saw it in IMAX for the very first time. Yeah, that was an amazing... Was, I, oh God, I love this movie so much. And It's a good movie, unfortunately for sharks. Yeah. It's just yeah. a really good movie. I, I was listening to somebody talk about this movie and uh the they worked on like a shark documentary and he said um that there was something that one of the shark like scientists said that was like the most dramatic thing he's ever heard on film and it was that Steven Spielberg is to sharks as Hitler is to Jewish people. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's not a bad comparison. It's not the worst. There comparison. has been incalculable harm done to sharks as a result yeah. of how much everybody hates them because of the like just impact crater that this movie has on all of our consciousness. <laughs> and here's the thing, like I would have loved to have been like a a conscious fully developed adult at the time that this film came out so that I could like genuinely understand the like true impact that this film had on society because we can always say like that this film did it like how scared of sharks were people before I feel like people were probably pretty scared of sharks sharks are scary looking that's that's, you know I want to look up studies though like how how worried must people have been because sharks don't eat a lot of people like yeah you know there's not as many shark attacks a year as like well there's a lot of other things yeah you're right there's not a lot of shark attacks or there's more shark attacks than the shark like fatalities you know what i mean like mm. because usually what happens is a shark will take a bite out of a human and they'll be like and wow that's disgusting and then they'll yeah they'll leave they'll be like that ain't no seal yeah exactly but there's still, you know, the, the number of attacks is so, so minuscule. And the number of actual kills is like, I, I think it's like maybe double digits. Yeah, I've heard like seven and I've heard 20 as like shark attacks per year. So That's so <laughs> very, very small. Yeah. You're, you are, you're far, far more likely to get killed by a toaster than a shark. <laughs> I've swam with sharks. Yeah, before. I I would swim really with sharks. Fun. I would swim swim with sharks in a cage. I wouldn't swim. I, did, yeah. I wouldn't swim with a shark. Like I, I wouldn't raw dog shark swimming. I have I like would. I super would. I had plans to before the pandemic. I would do a uh, one of those suits, like mm-hmm. one of those like chainmail suits that divers wear. I think that's good. I wouldn't do it with like crazy ass fucking like great white sharks. You know what I mean? See, but like, I would do it with a great just white like a shark. bunch of like little mako sharks and stuff. Just like I I would chilling do, in the corals. I would well, we do it. Go to Tahiti. 
I would do a great white shark um, with the cage. I would do that. Hmm. Because mo- mainly because I it's something that's so horrifying to me <laughs> that like I feel like if I do it, it would help me. You know what I mean? Like it would like it, it, it's Some like sort of exposure, exposure therapy. therapy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that that's like the main reason why I would want to do it. But well, this movie is like exposure therapy to actually good cinema. Actually, I wanted to pitch an idea to you guys, and you can tell me if it's bad. Um, I think that it's like a really small segment of the episodes, uh, for in, in case anybody hasn't seen the movie or is too lazy to watch it before they watch the episode, would be uh, somebody tries to do as in-depth a summary as they can in 60 seconds. That could be fun. 60 is a long time. Is that a challenge? <laughs> Well, the time can change, but <laughs> that could be fun, oh. though. We'll, we could like set a timer and yeah, that could be fun. Who's doing it? You were back. Uh, you. It's your idea. Yeah, it's your idea, nerd. I came up with the idea, so I don't have to do it. Final. Do That's it. a lie. <laughs> All right. Get a timer. <laughs> now you got to get a timer. I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at a timer. All right. Starting now, uh, a New York sheriff moves his family to Amity, a small coastal town uh, a summer town known for its tourism during the summer in which tourists come during the summer and swim uh however very soon in this summer a girl is eaten uh and the sheriff knows that something is wrong but the mayor doesn't want to shut the town down uh because the town gets all of its revenue during the summer uh increasingly more and more people get eaten until the mayor is unable to deny the situation any longer. Uh, a longtime shark hunter uh, is hired to hunt the shark and does so with the aid of the sheriff and a marine biologist. The three intrepid adventurers go out into a ship, do battle with a giant shark that's been eating everybody, uh, and with the loss of the shark hunter, eventually blow up the shark by shooting out a gas tank inside of its mouth, saving the day and the town. Hey, that's not bad. Was that on the 30, 60 seconds on the dot? Yeah. Not bad. bad. <laughs> and I think I'm that got you, 60 seconds doesn't feel like long enough when you're doing it. <laughs> also, you're not allowed to prep before. I think that that's very important. That's it. Okay. You're not allowed to write it down. I love that your voice, like, kept, you kept getting higher and higher. Like, with every sentence, you were going up and you were going up and you were going up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I could tell, I could feel my time <laughs> slipping away. Um, yeah, I think that was, a, that was a great, uh, summary. Um, I wanted, bef- before we dive too deep into the movie though, I kind of want to go back to what we were talking about before about the, like the cultural impact of the movie, because I grew up in a desert and I feared and fear sharks so heavily <laughs> like the, the my fear of sharks is so deep in my bones and the, I have really no reason n- nothing to blame other than movies like this. I I didn't see Jaws mm-hmm. specifically until I was older um fairly recently um Not two And years so ago. yeah, like 2 years ago. Um so it wasn't Jaws specifically, but Jaws was like the first of many you know, the, the, it, 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 it inspired a generation of shitty shark movies and so shark ma- weeks and like like shitty shark movie or shark movie in general is like its own genre. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Off of nothing but this movie. <laughs> and I would argue, I would movie. argue that this is the only good one. <laughs> like, I haven't I, seen any other good ones. Are there other like, like, so for example, like, I, and I don't mean to deride your point, but really quickly, like Beast, like this new Eaters Alba movie that's coming out with a lion that eats people. You know what I mean? Like, mm. do you think something can be in the Jaws genre without being a shark? You know? And if so, how many movies is that? Like. I think Nope by Jordan Peele is a is is a is Jaws but with aliens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think the the, the man versus nature, uh, like genre in general is pretty rich in a lot of respects. Like the birds is a man versus nature type movie, um, and you know all those man versus nature movies are really about man versus self or man versus man at the heart of it. You know what I mean? Where we use our environment and these beasts as representations of us and like what we fear about ourselves and about the world the around real us. real shark was our unresolved <laughs> trauma all along. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think there's plenty of movies out there that are like Jaws, but as far as shark movies go, I don't think you get better than this because CGI is just too, too easy these days. You know what I mean? And so you see the sharks way too much. You see, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not, you, you, you get too much. And it's just, what else is there to say about shark, about it? You know what I mean? Like shark, or Jaws says it all, I think. I don't know. Maybe, it's just maybe kind of I a magical be. movie. Those, those falling stars. It, like So ah. serendipitous. The whole movie. Like, the, the shark, which Bruce is what he famously named after Steven Spielberg's lawyer, um... Like the fact that the the shark didn't work worked out better for the movie in the long run. The shooting stars that they caught on camera, which is amazing. Like, ha- like, are you kidding me? Like, you got a shooting star. The existence like, of Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, the and just like the 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 part in the movie where the shark is on top of the shark cage and they had actual shark footage and it starts like spinning around like crazy. When I was when I was like doing my research, apparently. Um, the the guy who like took them to get that that you know real life footage of sharks was like I've never seen a shark do that before that's that's crazy I've never seen a shark spin around like that uh, or anything and I've been doing this for years so like this whole movie was just so serendipitous like if there's a god it, his existence <laughs> is proved by fucking his Jaws. name is Steve Spielberg <laughs> yeah yeah um. This film, I don't know, going back to the whole like cultural impact, the personal impact of this film, I I can't tell you how many times I've seen this film. Um, when I found out that you two hadn't seen it, like back in 2020 or whatever, I was like genuinely baffled because I feel like I felt I thought that every person on this planet had seen Jaws. And like the fact that I was the only person of the group of people that we went with that had seen it before the age of like 20 or whatever, like, um, or even before 24, insane to me. Um, this movie is like so incredibly formative for myself and I believe my sister. Um, my younger sister wanted to be a marine biologist for a really long time, like from a very young age and I'm not sure that this is the film that inspired it but I wouldn't be surprised we saw this film from like a really young age and like I think the first time we saw it was on tv because I 
don't remember seeing a lot of gory stuff the first time I watched it. But um, because of this, like since she wanted to be a marine biologist, and I believe that it was from this movie, or at least this film inspired it at some point, um, I know a lot about sharks that like I myself like against my own will <laughs> like <laughs> I have I've collected a lot of knowledge about sharks um but uh yeah so this this film has been really influential in my life not like that it has changed me as a person or anything but it's definitely like it's good cinema and I feel like it has contributed to my ability to recognize good cinema from like a young age, but I don't know. I really love this film and uh, yeah, it's meant a lot to me for a really long time and I'm really, really glad that we got to see it um, in theaters, in IMAX, which is incredible. And I'm really glad that I got to see it with Robert specifically because I was sitting next to him and every single time I turned my head to look at him he's just smiling he just like had at least a little smile on his face every time I looked at him and it was it was pretty cute it was fun I when I was watching the movie for the first time it was the three of us sitting in our living room and I just kept like I kept turning to you guys and I was like can you imagine seeing this in theaters you know what I mean like mm-hmm. seeing it you know what I mean and I just I wanted that so bad and like I was waiting for it because I know this is one of those movies that they release like do re-releases frequently yeah and so I was waiting and waiting and then it was just the perfect weekend like where mm. we went down and we saw it with our buddy who had never seen it before so that was an awesome experience because he was freaking out the whole movie and like it was basically, you know, there was a couple other people in the theater, but we were far enough away that we could talk and crack jokes and it wasn't a big deal. And so it was a ton of fun. And then right after the next day, we went to the beach. And so like the vibes were just like so, <laughs> Had a fire so on the good. Beach. Yeah, exactly. And so it was just perfect timing. Absolutely perfect timing. And like um, in IMAX too, like I don't normally, I have mixed feelings about IMAX movies because they... I don't know, like, it's almost too loud, so loud More that you can't enjoy it. More is always better, and I will yeah. die on that hill with IMAX. Yeah, and but something about the John Williams score just works perfectly in IMAX. It was it was so good. I never felt the need to, like, plug my ears, but it was still, like, all-encompassing, you know? I think, yeah, I think the movie in general is just, like, and I, I think it's because post-Christopher Nolan, movies have to have such a muscular goddamn like soundscape you know yeah. what i mean like there just has to be it just has to be like like threatening you at like every turn like the like the sound effects the soundscape the score um just like undertones that they'll just put in there just to like just to, i don't know fuck with whales and shit <laughs> like i don't know um i i think that this kind of movie works perfectly in imax because it enhanced what was there because what was there was reserved like to begin with you know what Mm, i mean like there was like some like light little spielberg scores uh there were really clear sound effects the dialogue itself was very clear and very understandable and everybody was very forward and bright and present and it wasn't like i don't know a michael bay movie where like there are so many explosions and like laser sound effects and like like yeah 
you know what I mean? That just like, I don't know. I, I think I talked about this before. I don't remember if it was in IRL or on the podcast, but I watched uh, one of the new Ghostbusters movie in IMAX and I almost couldn't finish the movie. It was so goddamn loud. Just, yeah, yeah I don't know. Mixed bag. IMAX Jaws. Amazing. Loved it. Yeah. Critical. <laughs> and what? And also, can we talk about that movie poster? Can we talk about that title? <sighs> Are you yeah. joking me, bro? The title. And actually, the title. I'm interested because, like, I, I've I've been talking up. I, I've been talking recently about titling and about how I feel like there have been some really good titles coming out recently, and then some really lazy titles like Beast mm. or Fall or <laughs> things like that. Um, which is strange because Jaws, I feel like, should fit into my lazy category, and it just doesn't for me. I, I, yeah, like, it I works. don't know. Maybe because it's not named Shark, you know? Like, yeah. at least Jaws has, like, a little bit of nuance to it. Yeah, I don't I, I It's also just so classic, you know what I mean? Like, I, I grew up with that name, and so, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's such a classic. It works for me. But it's yeah. You're right though. It's not like it's not like shark, is the name. You know, mm. Jaws. Mm. And it because like the Great White. Yeah, I I don't know what else you would name it to be honest. Like it's so in it's so in my head as like the name that like I can't think of a single other thing that you and would name it. It's so good too because it's not like they call the shark Jaws the whole time. Which if they had called the shark Jaws, mm-hmm. like if they named it Jaws and then called it Jaws the entire film, like it wouldn't it wouldn't be a good title. Mm. But yeah. because the film is about them finding the shark that had the bite radius that it did on the victim and like not the bite radius that that one shark they killed had like that's so crucial and i never really understood that until this time around like i said i've seen this film so many times i've even watched it like in a film analysis class when i was in college we watched this film and we talked about like so much but we didn't i don't think we talked about the title and i didn't and if we did i didn't either remember or like we didn't talk about the fact that like that's what they were looking for was the jaws that's the whole point of them finding this shark that's what the, that's the one thing they had to be able to find this shark were the jaws and the size of the jaws so i think it's also the thing that they used around, to kill so like it like yeah that's it's that that is the danger is the jaws that, yeah you know? the jaws. Even the letters themselves kind of look like a, a yeah like, they do you know what i mean and then one of the greatest movie posters of all time just so yeah, simple so simple but so it's, classic and like so instantly classic that like from the moment of its release until today and probably forever there have been parodies yeah. of this movie poster like how many i can think of like an endless amount like just popping into my head one after the other like from the internet even in just like the past year or two of uh like parodies on the poster i even almost made one when i was in tahiti um i was drawing a picture and i i have a picture (laughs) on like my uh my mission sd card from my camera i took a picture of 
the Jaws poster because I had someone send me, I think I had my mom send me a picture of the Jaws poster so I didn't have to go on the internet and look up like break mission rules. And so I took a picture of the computer screen and I have like two or three pictures of the Jaws poster on my mission SD card because I was using it as a reference for a, a drawing I was making. Yeah. But it's just like such an influential poster and because it's so simple i think and so menacing i don't know those those teeth are so they just haunt my dreams have you ever have you ever just sat there and like looked at the teeth yeah they're jagged as frick i don't know it's it's so good the art is spectacular yeah one of the greats for sure random aside uh in the town hall meeting quinn gets everybody's attention without shouting by dragging his nails on a chalkboard and that term nails on a chalkboard is definitely all over the place. But I'm a piece of shit, zillennial, zoomer, whatever, and grew up with whiteboards. Is nails on a chalkboard, is that a thing? And if it is, does it sound like that? Because to me, that didn't sound like particularly horrifying. Like, it just sounded kind of weird. You know what I mean? Oh, no, it's grating. Yeah. It hurts me. I Robert goes, here it comes. And he plugged his ears like two seconds before. He goes, it's... It is a thing. You've heard the phrase nails on a chalkboard, right? Of course. I just mentioned it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, the way you said that it made me feel like you'd never heard the the phrase before. Yeah. I is mean, that like, what it sounds like, though? Like how it's presented? Yeah, in just the like, a, like much. a scraping, grating, like... I don't know, dude. Overhyped. I, <laughs> chisels I, on a whiteboard. That's, what's the, <laughs> that's the real... Nothing sounds bad on a whiteboard. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's like I think it's it it's the same thing as like a wooden stick on your teeth, which makes me salivate, like making me want to vomit when I think about it. Like popsicle stick on the teeth. What the frick? Do you that's that's literally a physical. That's how it Okay. So everyone (laughs) knows Alec is not a person, so debunk not a fucking human. He <laughs> himself twice in a row. <laughs> okay, we're we got to move on from this. We anyways, move on from this. anyways, um, it before, is a thing. Um, I know we want to talk about the movie, but I just want to talk a little bit more about like the impact of the movie. Like, it, there was never like it was the first summer blockbuster. You know what I mean? Like, it it it, it was the one thing. It, it was the movie that spawned the summer blockbuster. You know what I mean? Like, that's it's it's such a huge impact on filmmaking as one of Spielberg's biggest hits and Spielberg being probably the most influential filmmaker of all time at this point, you know what I mean? Like he's synonymous with filmmaking, you know? Um, and now, you know, we have him to thank for, uh, fucking Avengers Endgame being the movie that it was, you know? <laughs> I hate it. Cause you're like, not wrong. You know, like, but like I, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Um, so let's talk about the movie. What uh, what's your guys' favorite part of the movie? I want to know. No, I I think that's I think that's too easy because it's a good movie. I want your least favorite part, and this and sincere, not like oh there was too much good camera work. I want to know, like I there has to be something that you didn't like. Um, I'm not prepared for this. I didn't think about it. Yeah, you go first since uh. It feels like you've been thinking about this. Hmm. 
I think there were too many sharks. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, bro. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Hot take, and I know that you disagree with this. I feel like the boat is is really long. I think they're on the boat for a really, really long time, and not enough unique things happen on it. Um, it's and it, like that part of it is like an A tier part of the movie rather than an S tier. Like obviously, it's not a bad thing because the boat is such a good time in general. Um, but I feel like they're like because there's a lot of things that can happen on that boat. Like there's like the first time the shark comes out, there's when they're drinking to their legs and showing off their tattoos or the monologue about the Indianapolis or trying to fix the motor. You know what I mean? But I feel like there's several like, uh, like it was, it was almost like an A, B, A, C, A, D, A, E. Like it kept on going back to them just kind of like sitting around and looking at the shark and, uh, the shark would like, manifest itself for like a few seconds and then disappear and then they would just like go back to doing something else i don't know i feel like it could have been cut down a little I bit just, i just i disagree so heavily because right, like that well. it just builds the tension you know what i mean it just it builds the tension because you're just waiting like is this the time sharks can attack is this the time you know what i mean i don't know i that that's my favorite well, part give of the me movie, your is give once me your hottest the, hot take then I don't have any hot takes. It's a perfect movie, man. Coward. I guess the the a lot of the side actors weren't the greatest actors in the world. Um, there was a lot of fingers at someone. Goof, Jordan goofiness. would disagree with you. <laughs> there was there was a lot of goofiness that like is kind of uh, I don't know popular in this time, like where things are happening in the background, and it's 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 almost like. Uh, like stage play a lot of it feels like a stage play where like people are overacting because they mm. have to be seen from you know like 20 feet away or like 200 feet away you know what i mean and yeah. so that that's probably the only complaint i have um that and i'm not a huge fan of uh quint when he like breaks the phone purposefully yeah just, oh it's... you totally reminded me of that what what was his motivation there See, that's I I agree with you that I don't I don't the motivation's not strong enough. I've heard a million people say like, "Oh, it's him forcing himself to face his fear," and like he is like it's like a I'm I'm a real man like type thing because that's his that's his thing is he's so deeply afraid of sharks and he hunts them because he's so afraid of them and this is the mother of all sharks and he's afraid that if he has a way out he's gonna take it. But I don't think you get enough. I, I'm I'm I down know, with that. That's I think, what I get. I'm I'm down with that, but I don't I don't think there's enough. There's not enough of. Uh, I think in that the that's a possible to... interpretation, but that it could have been stronger. Or yes, more exactly. Like, it's not it's know, not cause... in the text enough for me to really buy that. Because like, I I almost feel like there's a there's an added responsibility. The more drastic an action is, to better understand the motivation behind it, and that's a drastic fucking action when you're being attacked by a giant shark purposefully and without reason or without stated reason taking out your only means of communication while another person is using it you know what i mean like that's like that, that that's a that's that's a, that's a very drastic action and i, I would, feel like I feel if like you're going to have something like that, that it needs to be really like and it i don't know it doesn't need to be spoon-fed too hard maybe a, but maybe like two or three lines no like just like a why did you do that and uh, because I don't know, you know what I mean, or set it up beforehand. I, you know I've, what I mean. I, I, Go ahead. Did, I don't know. I feel like 
um, he was going to get $10,000 if he got the shark. The Coast Guard comes. They take that opportunity away. He wants okay, $10,000. Yeah, but how do you say that? He does. Does he? Was he what does he like, say? I mean, he said, like, you get, I get the shark. I get it. I get $10,000, like, in the beginning. That's what I've always understood. That's never been, like, a point of confusion for me. Well, no, yeah, the reason that they're out there makes sense, but it, but I don't think that that's the reason he states for destroying the radio. He doesn't need to state it for destroying the radio. If that's the I, reason, I think he needs to state it. <laughs> I disagree. I I the the money thing that doesn't make sense to me at all because it, it Quinn doesn't do this for the money. He does it because of his hatred for sharks, because of what happened on the Indianapolis. Like I feel like that like undercuts us. I feel like that undercuts his character arc if it's all about the money. It's not. I mean, obviously it's not only about the money because, but we don't get it at that point in the film. Like he hasn't told us yet about that fear. And he only tells us about that fear once they've all gotten comfortable with each other and they're drinking and they've shared scars. And then they ask him about what's that thing on your arm? It's my tattoo. And then he tells the story so at that point he's not just going to be like i'm scared of sharks you know like like he needs that story to tell them that he never once says i'm scared of sharks he never once says that they're his biggest fear he never once says that he's facing his fear he tells the story without saying any of those words you get that from the story and he's not going to just like sit down and tell the story right there you know so like and i don't feel like they didn't build up the money thing because he says in the town hall meeting, he says, $3,000, I'll find the shark. $10,000, I'll kill it for you and bring it. And then while they're preparing, he is talking with his little red hat guy. I can't, I don't know if they ever give him a name, but he's talking about all of the things that he'll get with the money, all like all the upgrades he'll make to the ship, all of like the, the things that they can do with $10,000. So like, it's not like they didn't, continue that throughout you know so I feel like I feel like the money thing is part of his character at that point obviously it's not the main reason but you don't find out the main reason until a bit later and he doesn't want to just give that away outright you know we don't deserve it yet at that point yeah I don't know it's it's a it's a low part in the movie for me personally I'm not convinced Another thing is that I think in screenwriting in general, I think rule of three is important. Uh, if you're trying to establish a pattern, I think three is usually enough to do it. Um, and doing more than that can be a little bit superfluous. I think that uh, while they were both great scenes, uh, like there, there's four victims of the shark before the mayor actually signs the, like the, the, the charter that lets... Quinn go out and hunt it and get paid for it you know um there's the there's the very first scene the girl that's swimming around and then there's kid on the floaty and then there's a uh, guy out um uh, like the, like the, the head that Richard Dreyfus finds in the boat right and then there's uh the kid that's on the, the boat with no the the leg the when when he's when he's in the estuary oh, yeah. and the guy is like between the shark and the kids in the boat and it chops off his leg. Um, I think, I think the, like the fourth one, I, I, I can't decide which one 
could have been like merged into another one or something. But I think that three would have been enough to like establish the president, the precedent and like bring the mayor to his knees and do what he needs to. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's I have I've had a really hard time criticizing this movie at all. I I I will willingly admit that I am uh, not objective in this because like I'm just I'm so lost <laughs> in the movie whenever I watch it. Um, this is probably I've probably watched it twice since that first time. Um, so this is probably my fourth time watching it, and I every time I just love it so much. But what about you, Becca? What was a do you have any criticisms? Not really. I, uh, like I said, I've watched this movie since I was really young and like, not like in enough succession, like quick enough succession to like be tired of it, if that makes sense. Um, I've seen it several times, but I don't, I don't know. I've never really thought, I don't know. I can't think of anything, I guess. So this isn't like a a negative thing. It's just like it always catches me by surprise how quick the film ends. Um because like the climax is just like there's that tension for so long and then the boat sinks, Quint dies, he kills the shark. Like and then uh Richard Dreyfus comes back. I can't remember Hooper. his name for some reason. Hooper comes back. And uh, for some reason, every single time I watch this film, I'm expecting that to hap- like happen over the course of like 20 minutes rather than two. Like <laughs> it is so fast, but it's not, I don't, like I said, it's not really a criticism. It just always catches me off guard because I'm always expecting it to last longer than it does. Yeah. I also wish that Hooper, they kind of like, you kind of know that Hooper survives after he gets attacked by the shark, you know what I mean? Because he swims away and hides. And so like, you know he's alive the whole time. Even though he's not up there, you know he's alive because he got away. Could have made it like a, like, a, like a twist or like a reveal? Yeah, or something like that. That's, that I, would, I think that would be a little bit more... Uh, or maybe have him play some point, like some part in the climax, you know what I mean? More than just like hiding see and i thought he did like again every single time i watch this film i'm expecting him to get the spear and do something with it but then as i'm thinking about it i'm like i can't remember what he does and then he doesn't do anything (laughs) so i don't know if like my brain every single time like tricks me into thinking that he's going to do something and he doesn't so i guess yeah that would be a criticism but i don't know if it is i don't know yeah it's it's hard Honestly, the more I think about it, this movie's pretty mid. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, can we go back to the score the again? The score? I know I've told you guys this, but the score, like, they didn't... That was, like, one of the last things. If not, I think that was, like, the last thing that they did with the film was figure out the score. They, like, didn't... They couldn't find any f- music that would not sound corny. So they showed it to an audience without any music and like the audience was like that was probably the worst movie i've ever seen and then they found the score i don't know the well the famous story is uh that uh uh john williams um called 
Steven Spielberg over to his house. He's like, I've got it. I've got the, I've got the theme. I've got the shark's theme. And so Steven Spielberg goes over there and he's, you know, rubbing his hands. Oh yeah, I'm ready to hear this. And uh, John William walks up to his uh, piano and just goes, Da-na. and then everyone's just waiting, or Spielberg's just waiting. He's like, okay, I'm ready. He's like, no, that was it. That's it. <laughs> that's that's the theme. And it, it works so perfectly, too. You know what I mean? It does, it's, yeah. The, the thing that's amazing about the theme is that it basically, it replaces the shark in a lot of ways. Because they 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 planned for a lot more shark and they couldn't put the shark because the robot was, you know, dangerous to work with and notoriously, um, you know, just not working. Which I found out, by the way, the reason it didn't work very well is because they had to start production early because um, there was about to be a script writer's, um, uh, what's it called? Strike. Uh, strike. Yeah. And uh, so they had to start production because once they were in production, um, it would be protected and it wouldn't affect anything that's in production. And so that's why it started early, and that's why we got the shark that we did, which is pretty crazy, if you ask me. Yeah, and so, um, but yeah, it works so well because, uh, and I I listen to a lot of like really in depth analysis of it, and like how, you know, there's there's uh, the dunum dunum dunum, which lets you know that the shark is there. You know what I mean? Like now you know, okay, the the Bruce is here somewhere. And then it's got, like, the hunter's theme, which is like, okay, now he's in attack mode. And then it's got all these different themes and motifs that happen that tell you what's going on with the shark and what the shark is doing by the musical cues, which I think is just a stroke of genius when you mm-hmm. are working with uh, something like this. Um, I want a comprehensive history of the monster cam. Yeah. You know what I mean? Monster view. Cause we start, cause we get it early on. You know what I mean? Like seeing the girl swimming from underneath, like yeah, from the Bruce's POV, point of view. Yeah. I, this can't yeah, be the this, first movie to have done it, but God, no, it's, do it. <laughs> yeah. It's not the first one. I would, I couldn't remember. I wouldn't be able to tell you the first one off the top of my head. Um, but it's an older movie. Um, but it's, this is like one of the first, like most popular ones. You know what I mean? This and like mm. Halloween, you know what I mean? I, I can't remember what years each of those movies came out. So I don't know which one did it first, but like, that's a villain POV um, used. Doesn't Dracula do it? Like the first one? I couldn't tell you. I haven't seen the first Dracula. Put it on the list. I think so. But, um, yeah, it, it works so well with this. Um, it makes it feel so creepy and haunting. Um, and, you know, it kind of puts you in the monster seat and it kind of makes you culpable, you know? But, yeah. I just... it's It's funny that you say that the third act is so long because like my biggest note is that this movie is so efficient. Like (laughs) it's just so like the way, like they don't tell you, Oh, I'm a city slicker, but they will. It's great character work. Everybody's got great character work going on. Yeah. You know, it's so good. Like the, the whole like car and I go to the park in the car. You know what I mean? Like it, it's so a lot of the character is revealed in character interactions, which is very fun. Like for example, like you've got, the Islander mayor and the out of towner sheriff. And rather than having dedicated scenes in which that is revealed to us, you like you have the, the two interact with one another where the sheriff is like, we need to close the beaches down and the sheriff is, and the, the mayor is like, this is your first summer here, isn't it sheriff? And he's just yeah. like, well, what is that supposed to mean? You know what I mean? Like you're revealing things 
about the characters just by having them interact with one another. Um, like the Islander like thinks that the the out-of-towner doesn't know what he's talking about, and now that we know that an out-of-towner is the out-of-towner, because he's being told he doesn't know what he's talking about by an Islander, you know? Or mm-hmm. uh, or like uh, Quint and Hooper, you know what I mean? Like, if, if you didn't already have enough context about who they were as people by how they dress and talk and what their motivations are and things like that, their interactions with one another where like, you know, Quint mocks his soft hands and makes him prove his seamanship or uh, like roasts him about like what like what they've caught or Hooper uh, making faces behind him, um, mocking his like sea speech by saying like, arg, captain and <laughs> things like that. You know what I mean? Like you can see the disdain that they both have for one another being like the salt of the like salt of the earth slash sea. Uh, character that Quint is versus the more like uh like I I I I get to have fun on the ocean rather than work in the ocean because I'm rich uh like character background of Hooper you know what I mean like mm. it's it's cool that they do that much character work and that much characterization not in isolation but they reveal it in character interactions as they as the characters interact with one another yeah. which is yeah, very, very, very efficient and very interesting way of revealing character. Yeah. Which I love their relationship, Quentin Hooper. It's so good. Um, Justice for Quint. I mean, he went out doing what he needed to. I feel like there wasn't enough mourning for Quint. <laughs> Everybody seemed fine. <laughs> I mean, there was there's nothing at the end of the movie. It's just immediately Quint? like no. no, and he doesn't even say no. He just shakes his head, and then Hooper's just like, shucks, <laughs> want to paddle home. <laughs> I also I always like think too like at the end like there's so much blood and like guts in the water that like mm. y- y'all better paddle fast because uh, Bruce's homies are Bruce's homies are coming for you. Yeah, um, I mean, there's all the seagulls. You're just like, if there's seagulls, what's coming yeah. next? Let's talk about some of the visuals. I think one of the best visuals in cinema in general is when uh, Quint is uh, leaning against the back or the front of the ship. You know what I'm talking about? And like, you get the horizon and the sea behind him, and he's just kind of rocking and leaning against it. Ugh, it's so it's so cool. It just feels so badass, you know? I think the wide shot of the orca with the falling star is maybe my favorite, like, image from the movie. There's one of Quint in particular where he's just, like, sitting there. He's, like, smiling, and he's in the center of a triangle made of, like, the the ropes for, like, the crow's nest or something. I can't remember specifically anymore. But he's, like, in a triangle made of parts from mm. the ship. And it just like that. It it's a really good shot. I really love it. Um, there, there's a lot. I mean, the dolly zoom, of course. Yeah. That's just so perfect. And I I um, thought I hated it. Like when I didn't see the movie, like I because that's like one of those classic ones that you see all the time. Like even if you haven't seen the but movie, it's because of you know what I mean. No, no, I mean like that specific thing. shot. You see that like all the time yeah, because no, yeah, 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 because. 
it's you know important and like technically cool and stuff like that and so you see it in like all kinds of compilations and stuff like that and i always thought i was like that looks kind of goofy like i don't i don't really understand why they chose to do that or why people are talking about it but it just it fits the tone so perfectly you know what i mean like it's so it's exactly what he's feeling at that time and how it's mm-hmm. it's exactly how I feel at that moment, you know what I mean? Where like everything is getting bigger and smaller at the same time, and like you're just mm-hmm. panicking because you're like, oh my god, like it's this such is amazing visual language. Yeah, yeah, it tells you exactly what you need to feel, which is and with elements of like camera work that I don't always think about, like yeah, uh, like depth of field and like just like your angles and things like that, like. I don't know. It's just it's just really cool, <laughs> and yeah. he used and he used it at the perfect point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I love it. It's so good. I wonder if that was Spielberg or if somebody else deserves credit for that, like a cinematographer or something. You know? Because like because we because we always we like Spielberg, 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 but like it takes a lot of fucking people to make a movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't mm-hmm. know that we can credit Spielberg to everything. I I I hope that there aren't too many people that uh deserve way more credit than they get for that movie yeah but such is cinema he's such he's it's hard to credit other people because of like how many like projects he's personally involved in but i think it's it's hard not to like think about his editor too um who apparently i can't remember her name but she's a very famous editor um she like literally just like worked at her house and like just you know cutting her little reels in her house you know what i mean like it was so you know such a cool story but um i think i quince monologue um about the indianapolis one of the best monologues in all of film history you know what i mean like it's so it could be it's, like with the context like, of the character, the overall context of the film, and just like his his canter, his, just yeah. like the way that his he says voice. words, I could listen to it forever. It's so good, so good, and like for all the for like the same reasons why I could listen to uh, Willem Dafoe in the Lighthouse, just like go on and on. Like I loved like that it for the same reason, but it was it was more intelligible. You know what I mean? Like you you understand like, what he's talking about, because Willem Dafoe's character in The Lighthouse, you're just like, what the fuck, like, this is insane, but I'm here for it, I guess. My Neptune's beef in an arm. Yeah, yeah, and so, I don't know, it just works for me so well, and, like, sitting there, watching the movie in the, in the theater, in IMAX, like, I was almost tearing up, just because I was so, like, jazzed to be there, and it was such a perfect moment, like, God, it's so good, so freaking good. Yup, that's one bad hat, Harry. Rather good movie, I'd say. Yeah, I think that's uh, probably definitely my top ten. I recently did a top my top ten. It's definitely on there. Um, yeah. Anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Um, just thinking right now about how many lines in cinema are like from this yeah. film smile you or like <laughs> you're gonna need a bigger boat we're gonna need a bigger um, boat yeah the there's like a whole company like a production like a studio called bad hat harry productions and it's literally just that one line from jaws 
Yeah, it's hard. It's hard mm-hmm. to underestimate, like, how influential this movie was on just just in filmmaking. Literally every aspect. It's wild. Well, cool. If we don't have anything else, should we? Uh, Are we gonna? Should we hit some poems? Let's hit some poems. All right, Becky, <clears throat> you go ahead and go first today. All right, I uh, wrote a haiku because I hate myself. Um, Betwixt sea and sky, a horizon thus awaits the jaws of men's fear. Snaps, snaps, snaps. Snaps, snaps. All right, I'll go next. Sharp teeth and dead eyes, I drink to my legs just to survive the long night. Snaps, snaps, snaps. (laughs) My haiku... Bright red stars falling into the jaws of a shark. Smoke until you're drowned. Mm. Snaps. See? Good job, boys. (laughs) We do poetry and watch movies. You do poetry. (laughs) What? You do poetry. We all watch movies. (laughs) I will not hear that kind of talk. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, you guys. Check us out on all our socials. Go ahead and bully Becca about her poetry on our socials. Undeadpoets.society. Email us at undeadpoetsocietypodcast at gmail.com to join in on our conversations. Uh, next week, what are we covering? Watchmen, I think. Yeah, yeah. I s- We're covering Watchmen the comic. We said Watchmen the last time. The graphic novel. We said Watchmen last time, but we were wrong. It was Jaws, so forgive us. Mm. Damn. Um, um, we're professionals so for if you want to read along uh the intro and outro music were done by our friend the amazing chase i guess check him out on spotify apple music or wherever else you get your music um love you goals be safe good night, good night. Good night.